Round one in the books of the 2022 NFL Draft. And wow, tons going on, tons to get into on today's show. Takeaways from round one of the NFL Draft, trades galore, and what to look out for in day two. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BB Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Wow, what a first round it was, Matt. Uh, I want to thank everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you're checking out the live Locked On NFL draft coverage on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Uh, Matt, I always tell people in the lead up to the draft because you get all the comments about, oh, this mock draft is insane. So-and-so will never follow fall here oh this is way too high for this person never go this high the real nfl draft is always more bananas than the craziest mock draft you see leading up to the real thing i think i've said this on the air before but i was a creative writing major at upj (laughs) not the most prestigious academic career for for senor williamson here but i think about it a lot like if I turned this fictional story into my professors back in the day, would they laugh at it and say, sorry, man, too far-fetched? And that's <laughs> what the NFL is. I mean, I don't think there's anything too far-fetched. I mean, just I could have wrote a 50-page, you know, fictional story about the wide receiver movement. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that in itself. Or, I mean, any little – or the quarterback situations or whatever. I mean, it's better than any daytime soap opera. It's amazing. It's it's really made for TV drama. I love it. It's the funnest thing every year. And that's why the offseason is so fun. So I can do podcasts all year long about the NFL because right. this is how crazy it is. And uh, as creative as young Matt Williamson was in college, not as creative <laughs> as some of the GMs in the NFL. Um, so but I think the top 10 is actually the least interesting. I know, part of right, right. I mean, real quick. I mean, of course, we're going to have this show today and then we'll come back Monday. So We obviously have so much to get to. I think the top 10 or so before the insane run of wide receivers was pretty chalky. Right. Yeah. And as we as we kind of thought, I was like, look, if we were in charge of these teams, it'd be edge and corners going quick. And then all of a sudden after that, tackle, tackle, tackle. That's exactly what happened in this draft, uh, oddly enough. And, you know, and um, the, the trades didn't really start coming until. Uh, until after the top 10 as well. So uh, I, I want to start there with Olave and real quick. I just want to throw out like two little nuggets in the top 10. Sure. If you don't mind here is I do think Stingley and Gardner very well might be the best two prospects in this draft. I think Stingley going to the Texans shows us that Nick Casario's in charge. It's not Lovey Smith. Um, I was shocked that Gardner went over a pass rusher just because of the Robert Salah defensive background. So I think it shows that sauce may have been their number one prospect on the board. Even who's to say Um, the last little nugget here too, of the chalky picks good for the Panthers, you know, to, to get icky at six, I think couldn't have gone better for them. Yes. And to be able to sit there on the clock and have all the tackles. For, for right, the Panthers, right, right, right? Exactly. And, the, and so there's like, yeah, no way we're going quarterback here. And the quarterbacks falling was a huge part of this as well that we will get to. Drake London at eight was kind of the first like, okay, this this is going to start to get a little bit weird here. Mm-hmm. And then there was the wide receiver run, right? And then so uh, you had Garrett Wilson going 10 to 
the the New York Jets who did not trade for Debo Samuel. That was another big storyline that everyone was kind of holding their breath about until pick 10 was done. It was like, okay, I guess Niners didn't take pick 10. And Garrett Wilson going to the Jets, Debo Samuel staying with the 49ers. But little did we know there'd be another massive trade with the wide receiver a little bit later. So that that's that's huge with this draft was the wide receivers. Olave goes 11 with the with the, the New Orleans Saints trading up there with Washington to get him. Jamison Williams. And here we go. Th- th- this was the yeah, most fun right. pick, I think, was number 12 as far as just trades and draft because we had talked about this on yesterday's show. And, and kudos to you. We were kind of both half right here, right? Because you said, look out for the Lions. They've got this draft capital. They're going to maybe they could go up for Malik Willis. And I had talked about earlier this week in a mailbag that I thought 12 was that spot where a team could really trade out. I did not think Stingley or Gardner was going to get there for the Vikings. Uh, And I actually had in my mock draft, the Kansas City Chiefs going up to get Jameson Williams right here in this spot at 12. But it was the Lions that came up. So we were both half right. If we had just taken that next step, Matt, we'd have realized it was the Lions going up to 12 to get Jameson Williams. Wow. (laughs) First of all, we got a receiver at, 8, 10, 11, and 12. I mean, we, we, we warned that there's going to be receiver runs, that these guys are in demand. Wow, did that ever come to fruition? I hadn't really thought about it at the time. You mentioned Debo at 10 to the Jets. That didn't happen. But they had more firepower than the Eagles. I mean, couldn't they have landed A.J. Brown or Marquise Brown on a, even a discount from there? I mean, not no offense to Wilson, but I would have rather A.J. Brown. And you're right. I saw your tweet. As soon as the trade went down, the, 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 the Lions move up to 12. Kudos to you, by the way, for pinpointing the Vikes as a trade down spot. I mean, that obviously landed 100%. And I'm sitting there patting myself on the back. I'm at the Steeler facility. I'm like, I called this. You know, you know, man, they're going to get Willis here. I'm smart. <laughs> and, you know, I broke my arm, pat myself on the back. But I love Jamison Williams. It makes sense. They still might end up with Willis. They could. Any team in the NFL can still land Willis because he's still on the board. Did not go in round one, which is is a shocker. Uh, sticking with the wide receiver theme here before we move on to quarterbacks is what about Washington after the trade down going Jahan Dotson? Now, they collected a lot of picks, which I like, but I still didn't like the Dotson value at 16. Agreed. I mean, in general, I think this run of receivers was a little early little more need-based than value-based, and I would say Dotson is the epitome of that. By no means do I think he's a bust. I think he'll be a really good player, but they had a lot of needs, and I didn't think Dotson was the 16th best player in the draft, you know. And And then these two guards flanking him, too. That was a little odd to me. Oh, right. Yeah. With how high Kenyon Green went, the, yeah. the offensive linemen were, were in demand, and even the interior guys. Kenyon Green going 15. Zion Johnson going 17 you know, to penning, the Chargers. Are your Chargers penning? I thought that was a good spot for him and a, a nice need. And actually, I really like what, you know, if you'd have told me coming into this draft that the um, that the Saints were going to end up with Trevor Penning and Chris Olave and still have an opportunity for maybe QB2 in round two. I mean, that's yeah, pretty right. much ideal for the New Orleans Saints. So I know Ross Jackson, the host of Lockdown Saints, is pretty happy. He's in Dallas running the show over there with the with the live Lockdown NFL draft program that's going on. That was really cool that you guys need to check out on YouTube. 18, though, this was the wow moment of the first round that I did not see coming. Everyone's talking about Debo Samuel potentially getting traded. And it was a different second round wide receiver, a different star receiver from that 2019 draft. A.J. Brown going to 
the Philadelphia Eagles. Howie Roseman didn't use either one of pick 15 or 18, moved up for Jordan Davis, which I thought was a nice move, snatching him in front of the Baltimore Ravens. And then trading for A.J. Brown, giving him a $25 million per year, four-year, $100 million contract. And how did how did Howie Roseman not only get A.J. Brown for pick 18, but he also got the Titans to give him a third round pick. Yeah. Right. It's like, boy, I mean, and they gave AJ Brown a massive contract. It's mm-hmm. obviously factors in money had a lot to do with this, of course, but boy, I mean, did anybody get better than the Eagles? I mean, there's a lot of teams in contention, these teams with two and the jets had three first round picks and they are all scores, but I mean, Brown to me is the absolute perfect guy to line up between Smith and Goddard. You know what I mean? I've been stressing that a lot about this Eagle receiver need. Like, don't go get a little guy. Don't go get another tight end. You know, get somebody in between, a big physical receiver that'll block. And, you know, they run the ball a little bit in Tennessee as well. You know, A.J. Brown will mix it up in that way. He's a stud. And Jordan Davis gets to play with Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Milton Williams, who was a promising, you know, day two pick last year, they're all so different. That the tackle room's amazing. Oh yeah, that's going to be rough. Uh, that maybe that's why teams are drafting guards so high in this. In this yeah, draft. right, that's, right, right. And and what do you think from Tennessee's side? The swap out of Brown for Burks, they don't have to pay Burks nearly as much, uh, you know, but. That could well, be a big loss for the Tennessee Titans. We, we don't know what Burks is going to be. We already know what A.J. Brown is. And clearly with, uh, you know, uh, a young quarterback, not an expensive contract. I think that puts the economics in a different place than where the Titans are with Tannehill. And it, it was that really all it was a cheap court. One team has a cheap quarterback. One team has an expensive quarterback. Yeah, I, 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 I really want to see what happens today with this one. Because you got to realize Tennessee also could have made a pick at 26 and they ducked out of the first round. It, it makes me think maybe that's going to be Ritter, Willis, somebody like that when, mm-hmm. with their next pick. And I think Tennessee might be rebuilding is the wrong word because they're too good for that. But kind of like the Steelers, you know, like we're going to take a step back and maybe explore a young quarterback room while we still win nine, 10 games, run the ball a lot, but we might have to change how we play a little bit. I mean, I like Burks, but from going from AJ Brown to Burks, and we can't forget about Robert Woods, it's going to be a learning curve, you know? It's a tough one for me to wrap my head around. And if you're rebuilding and you have a young quarterback that's coming in, you want the best receivers possible. Um, do they like Burks that much? I could have absolutely seen just the, the Eagles staying and drafting Burks there. That'd have been a nice fit, but clearly they like, they like Brown more. So, uh, I don't know. It's going to take some time to really see who won this, but I think just of immediate value, especially like, I feel like the, the Titans should have been asking for the third along with the first rather than giving up a third. So they, they gave up AJ Brown and only went from yeah, the, the third to the first round with it. Yeah, right. I mean, it seems like A.J. Brown 
they could have got more from somebody else. I mean, I mentioned Philly or not Philly. I mentioned the Jets or the Jets offer for Debo, according to reports, was already more than that. Did they not call the Jets? Was was did A.J. Brown not want to sign a deal? And that's part of it, too. Maybe the the Eagles were the only team he would sign a deal with, because clearly this was talked about and it wasn't public like the Debo stuff because they had to hash out a, a contract. So this had been in the works for a while. Yeah, I, I did find that interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, that the contract was announced like a minute after the trade. So this has been in the works for a while, you know, so maybe that was it. But, man, I just thought the compensation wasn't enough for, what, a 25, 26-year-old star receiver yeah, who's star already receiver. a top-ten guy. You and know? again, we're seeing, like, it's, it looks like it's split. Half the teams in the league are willing to pay wide receiver, half the teams yeah. are not. So, we'll, and we'll see how that goes. Does Does one side of that argument win? Or the other, because there is a lot of talented receivers in the draft every year. So I could buy the argument that that's not a position that you should be paying that kind of, you know, 25 plus million dollars per year. Which is why we had six receivers taken between eight and 18. Right. Did you see (laughs) Brabel was unhappy? Did you see that? He was like, it's really hard for me to watch when I'm at the facility. Yeah. So uh, on on one of the the broadcasts, Brabel was in the room and the the thing went down and, you know, usually everyone's shaking hands and like, all right, we did our thing. He stands up, takes a deep breath, shaking his head. He's like, oh, my God, it's like he just got hit in the face. So, yeah, Uh, I don't think that was a Brabel Brabel move. That was a John Robinson move. We'll we'll see if it pays (laughs) off. I think they know they're taking a step back and doing a slight rebuild reorder type of deal here and uh, I did see one thing I wanted to throw out there too did you see the interview with Jamison Williams up on the on the podium too or up on the the uh the uh, stage he was less than excited to go to Detroit that's it <laughs> that probably was the last thing in his mind because of where <laughs> right. Detroit was picking too uh that's funny I love that kind of stuff all right let's move on you mentioned the Steelers a little bit there. They drafted the only quarterback in this first round, Kenny Pickett. We'll talk about the quarterbacks. We'll talk about the end of round one. Some strange happenings there as well next. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. One of the great things about BlueNile.com is if you're like me and you're shopping for the special woman in your life, whether it's a a wife or a mother, it's it's difficult to have trouble choosing what to purchase. Blue Nile has experts on hand 24-7 available via phone to chat or help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and the Peacock and Williamson NFL show because our listeners get $50 off a $500 purchase. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you are dialed into the live Locked On NFL program going on on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Uh, we've got analysts. We've got the Locked On NFL crew with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. We've got Super Bowl champion Isaiah Standback. Every single host talking about the picks on the network that are made for their respective teams. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. It was an awesome broadcast yesterday on the Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Kenny Pickett, Matt, what are the thoughts yeah. that, okay, not only did no quarterbacks get selected in the first 19, 
the Steelers on the clock, pick 20, thought, okay, for sure, here it is. It's Malik Willis, and it actually ended up being Kenny Pickett. They didn't have to move. They got the local guy. Did you see Franco Harris's face when he looked at the card and he saw <laughs> yeah. that it was Kenny Pickett? Uh, that's how I knew something was up because he was shocked. He, Franco Harris did not expect to see the local kid, did not see, expect to see Kenny Pickett's name on that card. No, I don't think he did. First of all, Steeler Nation seems to be torn right down the middle. I mean, I think a high percentage of the fans were already in love with Willis and you know can't believe that they wouldn't have taken Willis. The other half, many of whom are probably Pitt alum or like me, growing, grew up watching Danny M and Larry and Revis and those guys are real happy with the hometown, you know, nostalgia of it all, which frankly, I don't care about. I mean, that's a tiebreaker to me, but I'm sure it factored in. And I did a video for Steelers.com as the pick happened, actually. And the biggest thing I said was in the scouting world, information is king. And without question, they probably knew more about this prospect than any team knew about any prospect in the whole draft and vice versa. And that in itself has a lot of value. So I'll be honest. I mean, anyone that listens to me, I preferred Willis before the draft. I went back and forth 8,000 times if Pickett would be in my top 20, if he was worth the 20th spot. And when the bell rang yesterday, I decided, no, I wouldn't take him at 20. But I understand it. I mean, they're going to have a very cheap quarterback room for the next five years, whether Trubisky or, or Pickett's the guy. And it's a really weird feeling around here that, they could go out in free agency and get things or keep their own. They haven't done that for 10 years. It's odd in an NFL draft that one of the few picks that wasn't traded was the pick that landed the only quarterback in the first round. Yeah, Not right, only did right, a quarterback last until 20, which is uh, the latest we've seen a quarterback go in modern history, just about like uh, I can't think of a time when a quarterback went later than 20, even in bad quarterback classes. Right. And EJ Manuel was in the teens. Yeah, I think he was 16 overall. Right, right, right. Um, I look at the division now. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson is coming. You've got. uh, Yeah, Joe Burrow. uh, He was in the Super Bowl. Right, right. When you look at the Steelers and what they're trying to build there and what is the ceiling. If, if Pickett hits his ultimate ceiling, I, I feel like he's still QB four in the division, like it, it, right. with a realistic outcome. And that's where I, I do start to have a problem with this pick. Yeah. I mean, cause Willis, I'm not predicting it, but there's a chance he could turn into number one of that group. I mean, that would be home run grand slam best case scenario. I don't think Pickett could ever turn into number one of that group. You know, you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if he hits, Everyone talks about Kirk Cousins. I've heard the comparison today, which I kind of like with style of play, is Tony Romo, and that's, to me, pie in the sky. If he Mm. turns into Tony Romo, I'll take that all day long. But I think the approach is we're going to have the cheapest quarterback room in the division, and our other 21 players that are on the field, non-quarterbacks, have to be better than yours. And I know that's a hard way to win in this league. It is. Do you think it Kenny is. Pickett beats out Mitch Trubisky as the? Week I have no one idea. Starter? I really don't. I have no idea. I mean, if it had been Willis or frankly any other quarterback, I would have said no. Um, but I think it's a 50-50 shot at this point. And I know it's small potatoes, but I'd love to see them trade Mason Rudolph for a fifth round pick or something, just so he's not getting reps. You know, get him out of the way. 
So that's the one and only quarterback that went in the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft, Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh. We'll talk about the best available, not only quarterback, but the best available on the board, how that could look at the top of round two, and some of the later picks in round one, including some head scratchers and some we really liked next. Not too late to get involved with all the draft props at betonline.net, your number one source for all betting needs, stats, and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, not just NFL draft, not just NFL futures, MVP futures, Super Bowl futures. There is NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball season, league reviews and news, and BetOnline is your continued source for all that sports wagering information, uh, live betting as well as playoffs, esports, and more. Where will Malik Willis land? You can find those updated odds at betonline.net. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline, where the game starts. So after pick 20, Matt, there was a ton of trades in the end of the first round as well. 21 was traded. 22 was traded. 23 was traded. 25 was traded. 26 was traded. 27 <laughs> was traded. 32 was traded. Uh, but 29 was traded four times over the course of over wow. a year. It went from the 49ers to the Dolphins to the Chiefs and then to the New Patriots. England Patriots. And I think the maybe in the second half, the, the one because we had talked about, OK, watch out for this name. This guy could sneak in. This guy could sneak in. Nobody had Cole Strange from Chattanooga. No the player I liked. I was I would have been on him for the 49ers at pick 61. I thought he was a late round two guy, early round three guy. All the way up at pick 29, the New England Patriots do what the Patriots do. They have a board that only has 70 players on it, and Cole Strange was one of them, and he was the next man up, so they drafted the guard from Chattanooga at the end of round one. Let me preface this by saying I think Bill Belichick's the greatest football coach that's ever lived, or certainly since Walsh. You know, I mean, he's clearly on the... Um, you know, the, the top of the pyramid. And so I understand this is blasphemous, but, and he'll forget more football than I'll ever know. But I think it's not out of line to say, is he always been an overrated GM? And is he losing it a little bit as a GM? <laughs> I mean, this is a little crazy to me. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the interior lineman out of Tennessee, Chattanooga, that you probably could have got around later. You had to have in the first round. I mean, when your team speed is so bad and uh, you have other needs, I, I I can't condone it. Maybe this is the next Logan Mankins. Maybe this he is better going be. to be a, a 10 year starter, a stud player. And he's a really good player. I like, I, I like him too. Yeah. He is a really good player. I, I saw some, I think it was maybe Brandon Thorne. He's really good with offensive linemen. Maybe compare him to Ali Marpet. I saw that out there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if they get okay. that kind of a player, it's fine because um, I think the Cowboys. But that's his ceiling and he has to hit right. Ali Marpet level to make this worthwhile. Right. Yeah. And that's tough to do. That is really tough, tough to do. To do. So right. obviously that was uh, that was one of the picks that stands out. I was like, what? Cole Strange? And, you know, Patriots fans minds were just exploding at that moment because nobody expected that name to be read <laughs> right. at that point in the draft. How about Back the, to the early early 20s real yes. quick, though? Okay. Trading up for McDuffie, trading up for Quay Walker, uh, trading up for Elam. I really like trading up for the two corners because corners are very valuable. It's exactly what the Bills needed. It's it's a good pickup for the Chiefs. But it's pretty clear to me that Green Bay and Kansas City looked at the receiver crop and was like, we can't take our what eighth receiver on the board at 21 as much as we need one. I want to highlight two teams here at the end of round one. 
Um, the Jets is one. I, yeah, I, I, think I, you have to. Yeah. I really think the Jets and the 49ers were better off not doing a Debo trade. I think Debo's a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Yep, yep. I think they can use him the best. I think they've got a young quarterback that they need a veteran receiver that can do a lot on his own to help yep. him develop. So I don't think the Niners would have made sense to go end up with what Garrett Wilson just, you know, doing the, the Titans, AJ Brown trade. I, I wouldn't have made sense to me for the 49ers. No, and I no. think the jets are better off with what they ended up with sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and coming back into the first round for Jermaine Johnson, who was tied to them. People thought he might go as high as number four. So right. I, I think it's a fantastic haul for the jets. I think the 49ers and jets are better off not making that Debo trade. Jermaine Johnson's clearly the faller of the draft. You know, I mean, uh, I remember our yesterday, I even said, boy, they're thinking about him at four, you know, and I obviously was wrong about that, but they obviously liked them too. I wonder, is there a knee or something, or does he rub people the wrong way? That's usually why a fall like that happens because his tape is great, but man, you get those three. I'm not saying the jets are a worst to first type of team. Let's not get crazy here, but they are so much better than they were a year or two ago, you know, when Douglas and Salah and those guys took over. They've, they've made some very prudent moves. I could see Jermaine Johnson being someone who was, you know, one of their targets maybe at 10 and some teams yeah, caught yeah. wind of it. They knew they really liked him, but they didn't like him as much as, as teams thought they did. And, and uh, But they liked him enough to be like, wow, he's still on the board here. We got to go get him. And I think in the case of Jermaine Johnson, there is a personality, a certain personality with him. Um, but there's some stiffness as well. And I think yeah. what happened with Jermaine Johnson is he just, he blew up so big at the senior bowl. And that's when people start really writing about the senior bowl and everyone loved him. And uh, they were one of the teams coaching the senior bowl. And I think the hype train got a little out of control with Jermaine Johnson. And he was a guy who went from a, you know, a day two pick to at the senior bowl started to go become a first round pick and then started to be a top 10 pick. And it kind of went too high and he kind of ended up landing where he should have been all along, which is a late first rounder. Yeah. Maybe he's more, Ebiketti Mafe than he is Thibodeau, you know, I, I believe that. And and that's yeah. why I was talking yesterday. I was like Thibodeau really going to fall past Jermaine Johnson. Some of these guys and didn't pass the smell test. And that was in fact, not the case. How about the Ravens though? Coming back in. Love oh, that's Tyler. Yeah. I mean, that's such a Ravens move The the Tyler Linderbaum, he's going to be uh, uh, an all pro and he's going to be playing for the Ravens for 10 years. And it's just like, Oh no, it's, it's one of those organizations when they draft the guy, you're like, Oh shoot. He, he is oh, going to be great. Me. I've been there. Yeah. I mean, I, I know big time. I mean, uh, so I, I, I joked with Kevin Colbert the other day when he sat down with him. So I'm like, now that you're retiring, Kevin, I want you and Ozzie Newsome to go out on a fishing boat and do a 30 for 30 and just be honest with each other. Like you stole my guy back in, you know, 2011. And then I took your guy the year after, and I knew you were going to take him, and we're going to have to play against him a hundred times a year and yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> Before Combine, um, you know, when the regular season ended, I could have very much believed that Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum were the two best players in this draft. Mm -hmm. And they got both of them. Yeah. I mean, just off tape, not position, any of that stuff. In the, got, er in, in, in the consensus early draft rankings, Kyle Hamilton was one by consensus and yeah. Tyler Linderbaum was top 10 and they got both those guys. Right. My first ever mock draft. I had the giants taking a tackle and Linderbaum with what four and six, you know, nobody batted an eye. No. Wow. That, that is pretty amazing. And yeah. look, positional value and both had bad combines, but 
I don't think there's any doubt that both are still going to be pretty good players. And so, oh, yeah. That's and a, Kyle it, Hamilton's going to be the Earl Thomas, Ed Reed, deep middle guy, I think, but he's six yeah. four. I like that because his, his short area speed is why the, the, the 40 times weren't great, but he's got the long limbs, the long legs, and uh, he's got range. So I kind of like yeah. him as a center fielder more than what some people are thinking. Oh, maybe he's a box. Maybe he's a, a linebacker. Yeah, I, do too. I, I, I think he's oddly shaped for it. He's bigger than most of those guys, but I think he's a center fielder. I think he's a little bit of a build-up speed guy, too, yes. where he sees it. Those first two steps aren't his best, but his fourth, fifth, sixth steps are. Like that, his famous interception against Florida State where he picks it off at the yeah. sideline. I mean, and once he gets moving, he's like Mike Evans, you know. I mean, those long strides, he eats up a lot of ground. So 40s aren't his best, you know, situation to show it off. Quay Walker, pretty early for him, 22 to the Packers. That's a huge storyline here. Packers still have second Quay round Walker picks. And, but <laughs> Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt is what Devontae you have. Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker, right. no wide receivers. Um, man, and it, it was pretty funny on the, the live Locked On NFL Draft broadcast with Peter Bukowski, who was hosting the thing, and he's the host of Locked On Packers. And uh, he, he was stressing over it. And I know Packers fans, and, and I was kind of rooting for chaos with this, and I didn't expect it to be the case, but – man, the Packers really didn't draft a receiver. And with all the movement, they didn't try to go up and, and attack their guy with all those extra picks. That is curious. No, I mean, there's always a positive, too. Like, their defense looks really good. You're going to put Quay Walker next to Devondre Campbell and Wyatt next to Clark and those edge rushers, and you already have a good secondary. But, I mean, they have – I think it's pretty clear they have organizational philosophies – where wide receivers in round one aren't for them. I mean, I still would have went with a Sky Moore or a Christian Watson or somebody like that, just because the need is just so great. And I wonder if maybe there's some movement to happen on day two, potentially with the Packers. Do they go up to get their wide receiver? Christian Watson's still out there. I would love that fit for them. Um, there is George Pickens still out there. I would love right, that right. for them as well. Sky Moore still on the board. So there is some wide receivers. There are some talented players there that uh, the Packers could find on day two. Does anything stick out to you on day two of the players that are still remaining? I mean, the big one is Malik Willis. He fell all the way out of round one. That That is a bit of a shocker that only one quarterback went. I'm not surprised that some of the other quarterbacks were going to fall, but I thought Willis would have for sure been gone right now. And then, you know, Pickett would go somewhere in the top 50 and then maybe some potential for some quarterbacks to fall to round three. But it's, it's a near guarantee at this point that one of those top quarterbacks that some teams like a lot will probably get to round three unless we see a crazy run here in round two. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, there's not a ton of teams in the market. And I would have thought, you know, even if the Steelers passed on Willis for Pickett, that Willis was the epitome of a guy that you absolutely want the fifth year option for, you know, like yes. he very well could redshirt all year or just run a package here and there. Um, overall, I think the talent available is very, very good. And frankly, it's not much different than the last five, six, seven names we saw drafted yesterday. And uh, just a couple little nuggets out of round one, two. I would have had a hard time believing that respectively the Chiefs and Packers picked at 21, 22, 28, and 30 and didn't draft any offensive players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is a shocker. And is it good or bad that they didn't go up to get wide receivers? No. Do they believe that their quarterbacks are wide receiver makers? That's what I was going to say. It's pretty hey, clear. Pat and Aaron, it's your job. Yep. You make a, you go make other guys better. 
and we'll play defense and get the ball back to you. Yep. I also love the two safeties picked to finish the first round, Daxton yes. Hill and Lewis Seen. I'll bet everything that they're going to be successful picks. I mean, in their good organizations, Seen goes and learns from Harrison Smith. You put Hill there next to Bates. I like, I love that. Love the fits there. Versatile. They're, they're plug-and-play starters from day one, super athletic. Yep. And, you know, maybe they're not defensive ends or quarterbacks or offensive tackles, but uh, they are star potential guys there that you're able to, to grab at the end of round one. Yeah, and the Vikings have extra picks, and they're going to be busy for a while. All right, day two and three coming up. It's going to be a ton of fun. A bunch of players will be drafted and find new homes, and Matt and I will have it covered for you. We'll come back Monday and wrap the whole thing up. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out the Locked On NFL live draft show on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Matt and I be back Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson.